season three, Manana. Season three, Manana. Somehow they made it to season three, Manana. Jeff and Scott and Mrs. C. With Blanche and John, the crew, a new movie. It's so much fun that you'll have to pee. It's gonna cure your apathy. And on we, it's the Slum Gullion. Still booking ghosts on the Slum Gullion. You're not getting ghosts on the Slum Gullion. And welcome to a special edition of the Slum Gullion, a single movie microscopic look at a source of controversy that roiled and inflamed Twitter for, (laughs) I don't know, maybe... What, 30 seconds? At least... At least, possibly a minute and a half. So it's until the next Justin Bieber boner picture was published. So exactly. So I'm going to take this brief period of time between boner picks. I don't know who's coming <laughs> to to bring up a uh, a subject that is uh, near and dear to neither of our hearts, but of perhaps mild interest to you. We will either put you on to something really cool that you might have been on the fence about, or we will warn you off of the worst, most odoriferous disaster of your <laughs> life. It's, it's going to go one way or the other. So uh, here we go. Jeff saw Happy Time Murders. I saw it the day before its actual release. My lovely little theater down the street within walking distance from me got it on a Thursday night. So I got to see it Thursday night before its Friday opening, which made me happy. I was reticent but excited. Oh, that's very cool. So uh, what sort of amenities do they have there? Can you can you uh, get a glass of wine? Can you? Oh, yeah. Down? Oh, yeah. Oh, no. They have a, they have, they have a full bar. Um, no, it's not one of those new places that has like brings a bottle of wine and the and the uh, eggplant nachos to your to your seats or anything like that. But um, it's an old school. It was built in, I think, the 20s. Mm hmm. It has one screen. That's it. It has an okay sound system. You know, it's very much a uh, old school theater, but God, it's wonderful. And all seats are five dollars. Wow, that does sound. I I can't remember the last time I went to a theater uh, where there was just one screen. That's I know. I mean, those, I know. That's what we grew up with. Yes. Nowadays, it's a wonderful thing. I had no idea. And then once we once we got into the new place and I found this place was, with, with, was within walking distance, I'm like, oh, this makes me happy. Now, it's not one of the, you know, super digital IMAX 3D, $23, $24 for a matinee seat theaters. But for five bucks, you get a damn good night. <laughs> you know, I am not a resolution uh, whore. I'm, I'm not somebody I'm not somebody who's who's has to see everything in 3D or in, in you know 4K IMAX laser vision. I'm I'm fine with just a decent image because frankly my eyes aren't that great. And it's it's all gonna be a little fuzzy anyway. So I'm good with it. I mean everybody pretty much every movie I see, no matter how crisp and clear the the image and how you know lossless the data is uh, by the time it reaches my eyes, everybody looks a little bit like uh, Sybil Shepherd in Moonlighting, <laughs> where she was always in a in a cloud of Vaseline, uh, even though no. Oh, I thought you meant they all actually looked like Sybil Shepherd. No, actually, oddly enough, they remind me of Sybil Shepherd. 
because of the blurriness. Uh, but they all look, mostly the women, uh, tend to look like Bradford Dillman. Oh, even better. All right. But anyway, yeah, no, it's a it's a it's a really, really cool theater. And like I said, it's cheap, which that that's also a very nice thing, especially in the middle of the week before payday. And you want to see a movie. I, I mean, there there is something to be said for these new purpose built theaters with the waiters bringing you wine and Tuscan basil chips or whatever. Mary and I went to see the Rift Tracks live presentation of Krull last Thursday. Yeah, I saw you tweet about that, you fucker. I hope so. Well, yeah, what's the point of enjoying something like that unless I can make you miserable about it? (laughs) So it was one of the, and Mary was like thrilled. It was was a small little theater, shoeboxian, in fact, in its dimensions. But every seat is basically a Barca lounger. Every seat, you push a button and you go, you full, full dad in front of the Super Bowl recline. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. There's a theater like that close to here. But, yeah, I have one of those, too. So that's that's one good way to get through Crawl. That'd be a great. Oh, God. Crawl. Oh, God. Yeah. And that's a movie. I'm that's I am going to buy that when they when the VOD comes out, because I remember Crawl when it came out. So this is going to be fun. Well, you know, it's funny because I, I talked to Mary and she had seen it since its release because it was a movie she rented to show to her nephews when she was babysitting them so probably she saw it sometime in the 90s maybe okay uh, i i hadn't seen it since it came out in 1983 and it was an entirely new movie for me i did not remember frame one of it the sole thing i remembered was that they make a big deal out of this garden weasel the glaive <laughs> yeah his super weapon his his stand-in for the uh, lightsaber and he barely uses it but it's pretty funny what they do with it. So I would I would recommend getting it. I did enjoy it. Uh, Mary thought it was uneven. Well, you, you're, you're going to have that, especially because Kroll is kind of a long movie. And you know how I feel about the whole riffing on films and length anyway. So that doesn't surprise me. Yeah. And uh, and you are. You're always going to get a difference of opinion when two people experience the same media. Absolutely. <laughs> nice tangent. Thank you. Thank you. Speaking of which, so Jeff uh, went to see it. I was reading all the reviews because around when he went to see it, the review sites uh, had their embargoes lifted. So they were able to to publish their thoughts. And I'm not going to say they were uniformly bad. Some of them were mixed. But there was some a, of them are there are a few that are actually positive. I We are in the minority, but I am not the only one. OK. Generally speaking, though, I think it's fair to say that most of the reviews are not positive. And some are calling it a cinematic abortion. Which I would say is covered under the not positive part. <laughs> but I mean, no, that's the thing that I, that gets me kind of irked about this. Uh, it's not about not liking the film. Like I said, I trust me, we'll get into this, but I get why people don't like this movie. What's irking me about some of the people, there are two people in particular who I'm not going to name because I'm not that person, um, who gave Happy Time Murders absolutely horrible, horrible reviews, and they liked Puppet Master of the Littlest Reich. Yeah. I'm just going to leave that there. But anyway. Okay. So, you know, in, in some ways that, that only strengthens their argument because they can say, look, it's not like I'm a bigot. It's not like I, I hate movies about puppets. I liked 
Puppet Master of the Littlest Reich. I just didn't like this puppet movie. <laughs> but to use a but to use the phrase like like I said like a cinematic abortion. I saw something else that said um, like one of the worst movies ever made. Some of the reviews have ventured into Ryan Johnson hate territory. Oh wow. Okay. Well, that's it's that it's, I, that's that that's what I'm talking about. I mean, I've I've seen just the it's an okay film. A lot of the reviews that I've read have just been meh. It yeah. was okay. It, well, it was it, it was it was okay. I've seen that a lot. All right. Well, you know what? I personally like the episodes where we have a, a strongly contrasting view of what we're talking about. Where we're, I, I like when it, it doesn't happen often, but I do like the times when we disagree on something we see. This is probably not going to be one of those times that much because I went in expecting to hate it, and I I did not succeed in doing that. Uh, really? Yeah. Th- this, yes. This is kind of yes. where this is kind of where I fall down. I mean, I, I the the tomato meter is is yeah. is at twenty one percent. So most. Of the I'm, I'm per- sorry. I'm sorry. Okay, since since I know you actually kind of liked it, Phil Phillips is a great character. Uh, Phil Phillips is a good version of a very old character. Yeah, yes. I say that. That's that is my big thing about this movie. Right there is. I mean. Everybody was talking about the raunch. Remember in my tweet, I said there's more to this movie than just raunch. I mean, no, this is a fucking film noir action movie that just happens to have puppets. <laughs> right now, I think action is maybe a strong. Well, word. but I mean, it, it has it has a it has several of the tropes of the '80s and '90s action. You know, the buddies, but, the two right. cops that have to get along. You know, the 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 uh, the, uh, the police cab is like, why you? You know, I mean, the, the tropes are there, but no, it's much more of a uh, of a noir parody. Right. I'm not even sure that I would say parody. My feeling is they thought the premise was funny enough. That they could hang the comedy on that, and then they would just make a sort of straight detective movie. Some of it has a very seventies Quinn Martin production feel. That's to exactly. It. There were there were there were large stretches. Well, I won't say long, long stretches, but there were some stretches in the film where I wasn't laughing, but I didn't care. I was enjoying the story. I had the exact same experience. I didn't. I did not laugh much, but the story entertained me. This is how I felt. It was like watching a low-budget Poverty Row studio, like a B noir picture that popped up on TCM at two in the morning. And, yes. and, and in other words, not Robert Mitchum in Out of the Past. No. Uh, more like Hugh Beaumont in Bury Me Dead. <laughs> I am perfectly fine with that analogy. Uh, I, dude, I know. I was like, even like from the, the opening narration, I'm just sitting there going, "All right, I'm, I, I, I'm in." And I love the fact how they set up. I love that they they create a universe and then they don't make the universe the story, which I thought was cool. I mean, the whole thing about, you know, puppets being second class citizens, you see examples of it. They could have made that a part of the story, but that's not what the story is. Right. And some of the criticism it's been getting has been because they set up this two tiered society and then they don't make it about achieving social justice in any way. It's purely about solving this murder. And it's, to that, I say fiddlesticks. There's nothing wrong with that. Right. My, my feeling about this movie, I looked at Rotten Tomatoes and, okay, it's the tomato meters at 21%. 79% of critics didn't like it. The audience score is at 52% positive. So really? Slight, okay. Slightly more than half the people who saw it liked it. So here's my feeling. It's not so much a 
failure of execution as as it is a failure to properly manage expectations. Because people who went into it were expecting, I think, this sort of transgressive allegory. It didn't happen. That was not what the filmmaker was interested in doing. I mean, and I love the fact that the film was nowhere near as raunchy. I mean, you saw almost you saw the raunchiest parts basically in the trailer. There's one scene that kind of takes the raunch to a new level fairly early on, but for the most part, you saw you've seen the worst parts of the movie. There is an actual story here. Yeah, I'm just gonna say, as far as that's concerned, that even having watched the Red Band trailer, I walked into it I not knowing not thinking for a moment that I was going to see purple puppet pubes. Uh, agreed. Uh, but it happened. Uh, I've since gotten on with my life. So yes. I, 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 don't, I don't think it's anything we need to really deal with uh, in, in detail. But it is in there. So you, now if you go see it, guys, you, you go in with, with armed with slightly more knowledge than I had. And, and you know what? Maybe it's just as well I didn't know. There's only one thing, actually, that would have brought this film from me really liking it to me loving this movie. What? What's that? A musical number. Right, right. Just one. Just one. I mean, the uh, the song at the end credits was entertaining, but it didn't make up for it. This needed one. I didn't want it to even be a, a full-blown musical. Just needed a random full-blown musical number, though. You know what I mean? Yeah, well, here's, here's there, there's two ways I think they could have and should have done it. One, even though you have a cast of Muppets, you cannot have them break into music, break into song. If you're trying to, at the same time, do this sort of gritty noir detective tale. So in gritty noir detective tales, there's almost always a scene where the guy goes to a nightclub or a bar. Exactly. And there's some Shantou singing. Exactly. They either could have had that or they could have had a song be part of the retrospective glimpses we see of the Happy Time show. Either one, I would have been perfectly happy with it. Just, it just, this needed one song. I agree with you. You know what? I'm surprised I was not more disappointed because I was excited about this when I first saw the Red Band trailer for Happy Time Murders. Not because the trailer itself was great, but uh, it's because I thought I knew where all this was coming from and where it was going. The Henson Studios, including the one that this that put this film out, Henson Alternative, or Ha. Yeah occupies the old Chaplin studio on Sunset and La Brea. Oh, wow. Okay. It was uh, built by Charlie Chaplin between 1917 and 1919 on, it, actually in a bunch of, it was still surrounded by orange and lemon groves when they finished it. If you've ever toured Universal Studios or the Warner Brothers lot in Burbank, it's basically the same thing. It's sound stages, editing suites, screening rooms, that kind of thing, except it's in miniature. It's this teeny, tiny movie studio inside a Fabergé egg. And the, the cool thing is that from the from the street the whole thing's built to resemble an english village so it's just so goddamn quaint it almost hurts and there is a a statue of kermit dressed as chaplin's little tramp oh wow standing on a pillar over the gate they have very nicely preserved the studio while at the same time using it for its intended purpose as a movie studio so anyway it's local i walk by it nearly every day it's part of the fabric of our neighborhood. So I'm always... Fabric. Pl- I, I, yes. It's deeply felt. Speaking of which, did you stay through the end credits? No, I did not. Oh, as the end credits are going on, the camera is panning down and you see several um, porn posters. Oh, do you? 
a whole bunch of titles that weren't in the actual film. Uh, <laughs> There's a whole lot of puppet porn. Yeah, well, it's called the internet. Anyway. <laughs> Sorry, uh, go on. There have been a couple projects that Henson's son, who direct, I believe, was who directed this. Yes, uh, he directed it. That they've been pursuing that maybe think they were heading in this general direction. One of well, which, they had a thing puppet up a while back. Right. They had a TV series called No You Shut Up, and it was a fake talking head TV show hosted by comedian Paul F. Tompkins in which the shouty pundits were Muppets, and the, subject, oh. the subjects were often kind of hilariously dark. And the, and the other is Puppet Up, which is an improv show they do at the Henson Studio. They did it at a variety of theaters around here. Now they actually do it on the lot, and it's, it's an advertised as an adults-only show. Now, I don't think that means that we see triple X puppet penetration. But though I've always wanted to go see this, the tickets are pricey in keeping with the traditions and values of modern theater. Uh, So I, so I can't personally vouch that the sock puppets keep it soft core, but yeah, they have been getting, I mean, I remember when people talked about when uh, the first season of Saturday night live came out. Oh yeah. The, those Muppets. Oh yeah. The so-called adult Muppets. Yeah, uh, uh, one of which was a was like a tiki god called the Mighty Pavog, and they were adult in the sense that they were not trying to teach you how to count or read. They were more <clears throat> interested in expressing existential despair. But these shows are raunchy, so th- this seemed like a natural outgrowth. But it wasn't wasn't what I was expecting. I, th- I kind of thought it was just going to be a raunch fest, which would have gotten old real fast. And I think they realized that, or they discovered it through test screenings and, and edited it to, to emphasize the story. Right, right. Now, I, another thing that i got to bring up, and I can't believe I'm saying this, is uh, Melissa McCarthy. I liked her in this. Why does that astonish you? Do you not like her I'm, I'm I'm kind of touch and go with Melissa McCarthy. Like, I mean, I liked her in Ghostbusters, but then I've seen her other times where the sh- her shtick gets really old really fast in some movies. Mm-hmm. There was one, I can't remember the name, but, but it was the spy film with Jason Statham. Spy. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, bad. Bad. bad, 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 bad. And there was I can't, another one that she did that was like, I think it was a wedding, girls going to a wedding, or I don't remember. It's, all I know was raunchy girls having a raunchy time, and she was really, 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 really annoying in it. Uh, bridesmaids. Okay. All right. All right. Bridesmaids well, actually I, might be the first think you're movie right. was, where she really broke out. I think you're right. I do. I now you're saying a bridesmaid that does seem to feel that way. But I mean, like I said, she's been kind of touch and go with me. I really did like her in Ghostbusters, and but like I said, this one, except for a couple of places where I thought she got into her shtick, she was very much in character throughout the entire film. This is the actor in me babbling now. But um, the thing that I loved about her was okay. Spoiler territory. Um, in her backstory, she gets wounded and um, she winds up getting a puppet liver. And because of this, she does not um, process sugar the way we do. To her, like puppets, it is a basically crack. And there's this wonderful scene where you just see her unconscious, surrounded by uh, maple syrup bottles. 
Yes, they they didn't. Here's 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 and one they thing. didn't. They and again, sorry to interrupt. I just want to get this out. That was this maybe what you were getting at is again. It was something that they just that they touch on, but they don't make it an issue. Again, that's not what the story is about. Now that may have annoyed some people, but for me, it was just a little side thing, a little character thing that I liked. Well, I think it was a little bit more than that because they they made it seem like she had an addiction. Addiction, yeah. Which. It's something you don't want at a cop. That that's that's usually bad lieutenant territory. Agreed. Agreed. So I thought they should have dealt with it, and they didn't really. He just came in. He he broke into her apartment basically while Step. she was passed out. He threw all of her bottles of uh, log cabin out, and she was like mildly pissed, and then fine, and got on with her life. Oh well, I'm free of addiction now because there's no syrup in the apartment. I thought that was kind of a cop out. If you're going to bring it up, Understood. deal with it. Have her. They should have at least had her go through withdrawals. You know, that acceptable. That was a weak part. I think what your problem with Melissa McCarthy is in some roles is that she is generally no better than her material because she's not a comedian. She's an actress. That is she a is, valid point. She's not Kate McKinnon, where she will, you know, if, if it's the scene is bad, she'll ad lib until she's got at least one laugh line. A lot of people run really hot and cold on her and they they seem to forget like, oh, I, I didn't think she was very funny. Well, the movie wasn't funny. Was anyone funny in it? So the story was unexpectedly strong. When it was funny, it was funny. The raunch is there for, for, for the same reason it's in every R-rated comedy, to get shock value laughs. Yep. I, I, it's either easier because it's puppets or they have to work harder for it because it's puppets. I'm not actually sure. The whole scene where he, where he comes upon a guy shooting streaming porn and it's some kind of octopus milking a cow uh <laughs> that entire and, and, porn and, scene yeah it, it, it it's sort of like okay i honestly don't know how to feel about this at first it was like okay get this out of my eyes please and then as it went on it just against my will became funny the problem with puppets is like they they didn't even have googly eyes. The eyes didn't move at all. They didn't animate them. They're just those fixed puppet eyes. Yep. So everybody's reactions are, are, are very limited. And I give credit to the guy who played uh, Phil, who's not a movie star. He's a puppeteer. He was very good. The, the people who do the voice acting generally, uh, and, and this was also true on uh, No You Shut Up, which I think was partly improv, they're just... They're they're brilliant in their own way, and he did a a beautiful version of a sort of burnt out guy who whose idealism led him to ruin his own life. Yeah, the, the typical noir hero, and and it wasn't that he was doing a parody of it. I mean, nope. Because here's the thing: if it had been a human actor, <clears throat> sometimes they do that. They they try a little bit too much to sound like like a radio old-time radio detective they push it a little too much it's a little too nick danger third eye and he played it completely for realism which he had to because on screen he was a puppet so the only realism we got was through his voice yep that was the thing you can tell you can tell that they that, that this is this movie they've been trying to make this movie for a long time that's the one thing that even some of the negative reviews have said is you can see the love the filmmakers had in making this movie oh yeah Absolutely. I did stay for some of the credits at the end. I didn't stay until, you know, they, they showed you the, the IATSE bug. <laughs> um, 
but I did see enough where you saw uh, takes before they digitally removed the puppeteers. Yep, so yep. You, you can see them in their, their green screen garb. Seeing and, the sex scene with the puppeteers was entertaining. Uh, they did look like they were having fun. <laughs> but yeah, that's the thing. I mean, this is not... It's not a great movie, but it's a good movie, and there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, it's no worse than, uh, say, The Cheap Detective. <laughs> and it's a hell of a lot better than some of the other things that have come out. Oh, this year? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, I, I hell, been... just in general, I would rather watch this than The Sweet Blood of Jesus any day. You know what? I, I'm going to go even farther than that. I, I, I saw the new Mission Impossible film. Oh, I have not yet. I, I had a better time at Happy Time Murders. Now, how did Henry Cavill's mustache look? Well, as I said in my capsule review, it looked drunk with power. It looked like the insidious Dr. Fu Manchu, who has been wreaking global havoc by pulling strings from behind the scenes. And now suddenly he reveals himself to the hero. It's like Henry Cavill's mustache secretly ruined Justice League, ruined it from behind the scenes, ruined it in a very Fu Manchu way without you ever being able to actually see it. And then it decided, hey, I like the way that felt. I like the power. (laughs) I want more. So I'm going to ruin Mission Impossible in plain sight. You're going to see me. It's it's like a Penn and Teller bit where they do magic but show you how they're doing the trick. It's that kind of thing. There's one scene, um, it's during, I, like I, said, I have not seen the film, I have only seen commercials and this one particular GIF that was put out, but I actually saw this in the commercial, so I know this happens. Um, in the fight scene in the bathroom, mm-hmm. there's this scene where Henry, I don't know the setup for it, all I know is Henry Cavill does this macho man move, and as he does this macho man move, it's pretty obvious they cut two different sequences together. Mm-hmm. Like he'd gone away and then come back. Like this was when he'd gone away to do Justice League because as he's moving forward, it's like they digitally put the thing together because he actually gets buffer in his shirt. Uh, and his shirt moves across and his shirt grows a pocket that wasn't there previously as he's walking towards Tom Cruise. Oh, yeah, I saw that. Some Somebody isolated those frames. Yes. I wasn't sure what was going on at first. I had to watch it several times. Like, okay, now I have to watch this fight. And then I watched the actual clip in the film. I was like, holy shit, it's fast, but that's it. Oh, and, wow. You know, even as we're losing manufacturing jobs and other parts of our economy are beginning to atrophy, there, there's still areas, new, you know, green shoots, new growth. 30 years ago, no, nobody would have anticipated Amazon. And and maybe just five years ago, nobody would have anticipated that there's a company that works in the movie industry and all they do is remove mustaches and add pockets. (laughs) But anyway, oh, folks, we hope you enjoyed this little mini-sode one film, one particular topic. Yeah, right. Um, I'm I'm glad you enjoyed the film, Scott. You had me worried there. Nice job. Well, I wasn't going to go see it based on the reviews. And then you said you really enjoyed it. And generally, yeah. generally our tastes line up. So I thought, I'll take a risk. How big I was going to say, so far, so far, at least on the newer movies, I haven't steered you wrong. No, no, your, your, your record's pretty good. Now, I will say, in the interest of full disclosure, that I hurt my back and I saw the movie. I was on Vicodin, Valium, and I got a glass of wine. So... It's possible it really sucks, and I just didn't notice. 
I, 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 I was not that medicated, but I know what you mean. Okay, so I just want to get that that so we don't get sued. Oh no, no, Any, no, full yeah, full disclosure, full disclosure. Yes, brain cells were missing. But you know what? Speaking on my on behalf of myself and Jeff as well, I think I would say if you want to go to the movies and there's nothing else you're really urgently uh, interested in, and you either like the Muppets or you like uh, you like genre parodies, this is actually a pretty decent version of it. Seriously, dude, I walked out of it. I'm like, I would have no problem with another film with Phil Phillips. Yeah, yeah. I would like to see him solve another case. Obviously, they love the genre. And I think that's what I was feeling. That yeah. They just adore the hard-boiled detective genre as much as I do. And they weren't mocking it. They, they wanted to do their own loving version of it. That's what I was going to say. No, this was very much a loving <laughs> They found a way to hard-boil felt. I'd say even if you just just want to try something a little different. This this will definitely qualify. Yeah, you know, I mean, God only knows if it's still going to be playing by the time this gets posted. So it may just be a renter. But if, yeah, if, if you hadn't seen it and you were on the fence, I'd definitely say give it a shot. Like I said, there there's, there is more to it than just the purple pubes. And if you do see it, let us know what you think. Hit us up on Twitter at the Slumgullion, or you can write to us, the Slumgullion at AOL.com. And why AOL? Because it's AOL. There's nothing on there. There's plenty of room for mail. I love running jokes. And we'll see you soon. Boom. All right. In and out. You had me going there, Scott. (laughs)